Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but let's give a shout out to our partners. The Florida Coaches Coalition, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, We Coach, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. You've heard me say many times, these are four great organizations. You should really add them to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our sponsors a shout out. These are all great companies that I used as an AD or as a coach, and you should be using them too. Here we go. We want to thank Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to Gipper.com. They are the official social media graphic solution for us, and their team is going to show you how to start creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. It's so easy, even I can do it. Uh, your kids are on social media, and if you're not promoting your athletes and your teams, you're really missing out. Go to Gipper.com, start creating world-class content at Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that let them coach our kids at the highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to um, show off your school record boards for all the teams, for all the sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, or just showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. We also want to say thanks to Home Campus. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us, and it's your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every day, and it was just great, and their staff was great, too. To find out more about Home Campus, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more. Hometown Ticketing is digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, and more customization. Go to hometownticketing.com. Their team is there to make the best solution for you. Hometownticketing.com. And we want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's the website, snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite. Of course, there is SnapRaise, the fundraising platform, hands down the best there is. But there's Snap Store, Snap Connect, Snap Manage, and a whole lot more. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey 
for your school. It's going to let you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys connects you with the 2%, but they also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to a frustrated parent, your principal, or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to Illinois today, and we're going to be visiting with Richard Kanar. Richard is a certified athletic administrator, and he's the director of athletics at Grant Community High School. That's in Fox Lake, Illinois. Richard and I connected and uh, thought he'd be a, a great guest for the podcast, and here we are. So, Richard Kanar, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's Johnsburg High School. I was at Grant two jobs before. So I was at Grant from 2013 to 2017. And then Moline, I was at from 2017 to uh, 2022. And then this is my second year now at Johnsburg. Just 10 minutes from Grant, though. John Birch High School. Oh, Johnsburg, like Birch. J-O-H-N-S-B-U-R-G. All right. Want to make sure I get yep. that. And uh, yep. I just had a guest on yesterday, and I, this is a friendly scold. He hadn't updated his NIAAA uh, membership portal information. So, uh, oh, sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I should have done better research. Well, anyway, uh, welcome. We're glad to have you. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up. Uh, maybe take us up through your own high school and college days, and then we'll take our first break and then come back and hear about some of those career stops you made. But what's the Richard Kennar origin story? Well, I was born and raised in, uh, well, I was born in uh, uh, Southern Illinois, St. Francis. Uh, my father and mother, uh, we had seven, they had seven children, six sisters and myself. So I'm all of their favorite brother. Um, and uh, I'm the third oldest. And my mom was 20 when she had her first, 25 when she had her fifth. And so by 30, she had all seven of us. And uh, I played, I was three-sport athlete at uh, Goodrich High School, which is now Fond du Lac High School in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. I played football, basketball, and baseball. I went to uh, the Naval Academy my freshman year. I got a congressional appointment there and played uh, um, basketball there. It was the year before David Robinson came. So I left uh, a year premature, but I finished my college career at University of Illinois at Chicago, UIC, where I played basketball there. Uh, that's where I met my wife. She was a softball uh, pitcher on the softball team. She's from born and raised in Chicago her whole life. And then we uh, got married in 1988 and uh, uh, lived in uh, the north side of Chicago for um, eight years. And uh, uh, she's worked two jobs. She was at uh, um, Our Lady of the Resurrection Healthcare Center in, in Chicago. And I was uh, worked more jobs than that. My first 10 years, I was a college Division one college basketball coach at uh, Northeastern Illinois. Um, I uh, uh, loved it, loved every minute of it, and I would probably still be coaching. But the year I, the, my last year there, they uh, um, canceled their athletic program. So I went into high school as an AD at Northridge Prep in Niles, and uh, I was also the basketball and baseball coach. My first job as an athletic director is I fired myself as the baseball coach and hired uh, another guy who now is still the baseball coach there. 
And uh, in 2004, I, I got the head basketball coaching job and I was a math teacher and then a dean at Mundelein. And that's where my that's where I live to this day. It's my 19th year living there. My kids graduated from there. Yeah. I coached basketball till 2013. And that's when I uh, um, started my public school uh, athletic director. I was four years at Grant High School. Then I went to Moline High School for five. And then my, these are my, my second year at Johnsburg. Loved my time at Moline. I probably was uh, set on uh, retiring there, but uh, um, decided that uh, um, I, this brought me back home. We kept the house that we had before. So I had a condo and, and Moline. Love my time there, but now I'm in my second year at Johnsburg and, and love every second of it. Wow. Uh, what a journey. We're going to talk about some of those stops in our next segment. I want to jump back to, um, you know, your, your high school playing days. Um, you know, a lot of us that end up as athletic directors, you know, we took the route of teaching and coaching, but uh, I think there's also those experiences that we had as athletes, as student athletes. So, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can you think back to a time either in high school or college, because you mentioned you played college basketball, that at the moment you didn't really realize that this was a significant moment. And now, you know, later on as a coach or as an AD, that moment from your playing days comes back uh, and rings true. Can you think of any situations like that that, uh, you know, still pop up in your mind from time to time? Oh, absolutely. When I was three years old, my dad put a whistle around my neck. My dad was my idol, coached for 26 years in, in high school and in junior college, um, extremely successful. I wanted to be a coach my entire life, and that's why I went into college coaching and then high school uh, basketball coaching. Um, and uh, when I retired from coaching, I was like, I still want to be involved. And this has been really enjoyable for me because I, I, I not only got to experience, I'd go to Friday night football games and stuff, but I got to experience uh, cross country meet, uh, soccer matches, things like that, that I never really did before. So it became kind of an all encompassing thing. But I think the most poignant situation that occurred with me that kind of put me in that direction was my uh, assistant football coach in high school. Um, I was a three sport athlete, but I was, more focused on basketball because I was recruited that way. I got invited to the BC all-star camp a long time uh, ago where you had to get invited to it. And I was getting looked at by division one schools, but I wasn't able to lift in the summer. So our football coaches were like, well, then if you don't lift in the summer, you can't, you know, start. And I was just like, well, I want to, I, I have to go to these things. I'll lift, I'll send my thing in. And their rule was, if you don't lift in the summer with us, you can't start. So my first day, um, our, our assistant coach was like, I don't want a basketball player on my football team. I want you to quit. I went home, told my dad, I was like, can you believe this? And he goes, well, are you a football player? This is my father. I was like, yeah. He goes, well, then prove it to him. So every day for like the first two weeks, he was having me do up downs away from the team. He would have me do other things because he just kept saying, I want you to quit. I want you to quit. You're going to quit. And I was like, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. And I remember we were supposed to be good. And our first three or four games, we lost on the last second play. We ended up three and six that year. And we lost on the last second plays. And then he just kind of took a nosedive. And I remember our first win in football, we won three to two in a torrential downpour. And uh, um, the last uh, game of the year, we blew out a team who was much better than us. And I'll never forget that that coach who did that to me 
uh, after I came off the field, said I was his favorite player of all time and hugged me. And, and I just remember saying to myself, okay, I had to prove that guy wrong, but I think there's a better way to go about it. So when I was, when I was coaching, you know, my father always taught me, he goes, don't be personal when you're correcting or you're, you know, you have a, a violation or something like that with somebody you are talking to the, to the athletes, you know, situation and, and, and their actions, not them as a person. And so it's the one thing that I push as a coach when I was coaching and now as an athletic director, my coaches is don't be personal. If someone's not working hard, don't call them lazy, tell them they have to work harder. And, and the reason I say that is because I want, I don't want kids to struggle and get to the point where they don't want to do it anymore. But as a coach, you can still get your point across. And I always referred back to that. It ended up really helping me because nothing was difficult then. It was like, you know, if I can deal with that, there's nothing I can't deal with. And so I think that was probably the most poignant point for me that helped guide me in coaching and then as an athletic director. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's unfortunate that, you know, there was, it ended in a positive way, but it, it there's so many better ways, as you said, uh, mm -hmm. to do it. And, you know, um, people can serve as, as great examples or as, you know, maybe not so good of examples of what we want to do. So uh, in the long run, it was a learning experience. Again, I, I think I'm a little bit older than you. That would have worked in my era. It worked in your era. That's not going to fly today with today's kids. Uh, and no, it should. Yeah. No way. When I tell that story to my coaches now, they look at me like, wow. I'm like, yeah, that was 1982. Mm -hmm. so it was it was a while ago where they were still grabbing our face masks and you know and things like that but uh no it was it was a something that my dad always told me you can always take something from from someone mm -hmm. so if your coach isn't good and he's doing something that isn't what you know isn't doing something that he's supposed to be doing is you learn from it and say i'm not making that mistake you make a mistake i'm not doing that again and those are the learning experiences i try to tell our coaches we do something wrong we'll own it we'll apologize to the kid if we have to and we move on from it and so you can take and make a positive thing out of something like that also no absolutely okay again uh, my dad has a similar phrase take a minus turn it into a plus okay exactly for our listeners uh, our guest today uh richard canar certified athletic administrator He's from fox lake illinois we're going to take another break but we're coming back with more so please stay with us this is the educational ad podcast we want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper's the official social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. Your student athletes are on social media. And if you're not promoting your teams and celebrating your athletes' accomplishments, you're really missing out. Go to Gipper.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice little discount. And it's so simple, even I can do it. That's gipper.com. Start creating world-class content for your school's social media channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is Richard Kinnar. He's the athletic director at Johns Berg High School, and that's in Illinois. Richard, uh, you kind of painted some broad brushstrokes in our opening segment, but take us back again through that journey that has led to your current position. 
Okay, yeah, I started my career as soon as I got out of uh, college when I graduated, and I went to Northeastern Illinois University uh, as an assistant basketball coach, and and it was good for me because we experienced going from NAI to the Division One level, and I was there starting my 10th year when uh, um, a new president came in and said this would be our last year of athletics, so I had to find a job, and a buddy of mine who I used to play ball with said there's a small little school in Niles called Northridge Prep that was looking for an AD and a basketball uh, coach. So I met uh, a donor there, talked to them, wasn't really interested in doing it. My wife kind of looked at me like, dude, you need a job. And so I ended up telling him I'd take the job. Well, when I went there, I was unaware that it was really a struggling program. I mean, my first practice there of all the kids uh, at the freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior level, we had three basketballs, one for each level. And then we had only seven kids out of everybody that actually had shorts, a t-shirt and tennis shoes. The rest of them were in ties and things like that. So I went from, and this was December. So we had played the number one team in the country at the time, I think it was Arkansas. And the next week I played in front of 12 people at Holy Trinity High School. So to say that there was a, a, a uh, you know, going from 16,000 people sold out to 12, uh, four of which were my son, my two kids, and my wife, uh, is a mild understatement. But, you know, we kind of got to work. The kids bought in. We started working really hard. I mean, I learned everything. It was the best experience for me as an athletic director because I have to mow the lawn. I, I have to paint a room. I have to do all these other things, get the officials, things like that. So when I moved to Mundelein, that was my first public school, I was a, a teacher and a coach. I didn't have to do any of the other things, but when I built my program, I had already experienced all these other uh, situations. So I had nine years there and I coached and we had a, a great experience. And then uh, when my when my last son graduated, I decided to go into uh, be an athletic director and not coach anymore. And that's when I started at Grant and uh, uh, I had a good experience there. And I went to, to Moline. Those five years were amazing experience. I loved every bit of it because it is really, really uh, um, a big time uh, situation in the Quad Cities. They really take high school sports to another level. And then now coming back to Johnsburg, it's been great. And, and so that's kind of how I ended up in high school. Cause I think that had that program not closed up we had a real good uh ninth year and then our 10th year we had a real good recruiting class I might have been moving on to another uh college coaching but it put me into high school and uh it's been it's been a great experience but that's kind of what set everything off yeah I always love to l listen to the stories and the paths that uh that our guests take um and you bring up a great point um you know being a a high school coach a high school AD too you're wearing a lot of hats and, you know, setting up the practice field, you know, mowing the grass, you know, whatever it is um, from a coaching standpoint, you know, I coached college for eight years, you know, before really settling into uh, uh, the high school AD role from your perspective. Uh, and again, you were NAI, you were D one. Um, any differences from your approach coaching from college to high school or, I'm oversimplifying here. Was it just coaching? <laughs> uh, no, there was a, a a stark difference when I'm at the Division One level. These kids eat, sleep, and drink basketball. 
So that's all they want to do. When I got to high school, especially at Northridge, I had to temper that. But I didn't know how to coach any other way than what I experienced in, in college and what I did in college. So I told these kids, I said, these are the expectations. This is what we're doing. And uh, I think my initial way of dealing with it was kind of bull in a china shop. We're blowing this up and starting from scratch. And as you get older, I, I probably would approach it different. I wouldn't have coached different. Uh, and and so uh, that was the stark contrast, the the expectations and things like that. I knew that I had to kind of lower expectations and then we kind of moved together. And when I started at Northridge, our first year, I think I had five wins. I was five and 15. And my last year, we won our second regional and a sectional championship. And uh, that was when it was A and double A. So it was, uh, and then we lost to uh, um, Leo in the, who won the state championship that year in the super sectional. So it was a, a great experience for me, but it was definitely a, a change. I mean, the vocabulary in uh, um, college basketball, um, you're using some four letter words as an adjective and adverb when you get to high school, that's gone. And uh, you're going to a private school like Northridge that was really gone. But I mean, that wasn't one of the things, but it was the idea of, you know, these kids aren't like the ones you were coaching that all they wanted to do was play college basketball. These kids are like, I'm playing because I want to be with the team, that type of thing. And so my my thing was, is you got to start at a level and kind of build uh, build up to that. And uh, like I said, is, is, is I kind of started off maybe rougher than I would now but I would not have any different expectations. And But again, you make a great point as you came into your high school situation and you told the boys, this is what our you know goals are. This is how we're going to roll. So there was that uh, communication and, and, and not just, you know, coming in and uh, like your old high school coach tried to run, run kids off. Okay. Yeah. For our listeners, uh, we're visiting today with Richard Kanar. He's a certified athletic administrator. He's the director of athletics at John John's Berg High School. And that's in Illinois. We're going to take another break, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, and it was just fantastic. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids at the highest level. Go to Huddle.com, see why we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users and find out how to turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com, and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to showcase your school record boards for all the teams, for all the events, your school's Hall of Fame, or just to share your school's history, your proudest moments, and your top role models. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast. They'll give you a nice little discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Richard, um, you know, you um, started out coaching college, then you got involved, you know, with high school. And uh, 
I'm going to guess got connected with your state association, you know, a little bit later than whatever the norm is like me, you know, I was a football coach and also an AD probably in that order. So uh, I didn't get connected with our state association and the NIAAA until a few years in, but talk about your journey and, and talk about some of your LTI course experience. Uh, that CAA doesn't happen by accident. So uh, what's your journey been like? Well, I think, you know, when I when I left uh, NCAA, their book is huge, but we had a compliance coordinator. So it was like, hey, is this legal? They find out, whatever it is. I, I When I got to high school, the first thing I did was I tried to familiarize myself with IHSA, Illinois High School uh, um, sports. And so I was going through that process. And then um, the uh, IADA, Illinois Athletic Directors Association, and then IAAA, had these courses to take. And I thought, well, this would be good for me to take some of these courses. So I went through a lot of the LTI courses, which were huge for me. It was, uh, it was great. I also, in taking those courses with other ADs, we can bounce things off each other. Someone might be more of an expert at, at one thing or the other. One of the best courses I took, and it wasn't an LTI course, but it was one of those one hour, um, uh, segments that they have at the Illinois Athletic Directors Association uh, convention was storage. I literally said, ah, I'll go to this one. I went there. It was the best thing I've ever done is because, you know, as well as I do, you know, you have to do inventories and, you know, something happens, you, you insurance purposes, all these other things. And then finding out that there are different ways to do things. It was ended up being one of the best uh, classes that I took, but there were a lot of other classes that I took that I thought were, were excellent. I mean, there wasn't one that I could pick out uh, per se, but it was one that, that the eight hours that you're going through went fast because you're trying to figure out what they were talking about. And then it just brought up questions. And then I think it really opened up me meeting a lot of other athletic directors and bouncing my ideas off of them. And I think it was, uh, there, there were great courses for me to take, and I highly recommend them to anyone that's going into any kind of administrative position. Uh, well, uh, I appreciate that. And I wouldn't be doing my job, unofficial job, uh, as a longtime member of uh, the NIAAA Certification Committee, if I didn't, again, put you on the spot and say, you know, where are you at in that next step, uh, getting your CMAA? How's that going? Well, I, I, I went, I changed in changing the schools from Grant to Moline to here. Uh, I had a program because you, you got to put together this program to do it. And I created a, uh, um, an online coaches uh, policies and procedures that I've shared with a lot of other uh, ADs because I, I would then from one school, I'd go to the next school and then we would redo the policy and procedures based on um, whatever, uh, you know, the situation was at the time. So I'd, I'd form a committee, we'd go through that process. And then I was going to use that as my CMA pro, uh, project. Uh, but moving from Grant to Moline and then Moline here, we're going through the whole process. I just haven't completed the paperwork and gone through it. But it was, uh, it was uh, uh, actually when I started at Grant with about 70 pages, now it's like 130. Uh, and that's just because as you're going through things, I'm talking to the coaches, hey, listen, you know, you have a question, look at your handbook, you don't, have that answer in there, we'll make sure it gets in there. So you write a handbook and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we don't have that in there. And before you know it, you're adding a bunch of things in there. Uh, it's not a uh, uh, 130 pages of, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a um, 
it's a PowerPoint presentation, but I make sure the coaches read it because every 10 pages or so, I have them click on a document and they timestamp that they've read these things because I want all our coaches to know, make sure that they read it. Now, the first time I ever did that, I had a guy read a 72-page handbook in a minute and 20 seconds. So I asked him, I said, are you just clicking on that? And he goes, no, I read the whole thing. I said, because you know, it's timestamped. He's like, oh, okay, so I didn't. So everyone knew right away. But then when they did that, it was good because I stopped telling them the answer to questions, they, they, I, it ended up being something that that was now a tool that they could use. And so that is my uh, uh, project for the CMAA. And I have just haven't uh, gone through the project to fill out the paperwork and, and go through it. I will, uh, this, this is definitely my last stop. So I, uh, um, I now have the time to do it. So that, that, will be my, that will be my purpose now for our next uh, idea. I want to have my CMAA before I uh, uh, before our next uh, um, uh, conference, which is in May. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And as someone who sat through, um, I'm going to say several hundred CMAA project mm -hmm. presentations. That sounds like a great project. And the fact that you have been at multiple schools, it gives perspective because there's probably little tweaks from one school to the next. So it, it's definitely a, a, you know, has a global application. So no, uh, that sounds like a great project. So uh, uh, I'd be excited to to take a look at that when you're done. Yeah, um, I, I, I loved, I, 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 the thing on going from one school to the next, there were some great things at each one. And then when you get to the next school, you're finding something where you're like, wow, great idea. In each place, I can say that I found that. Yeah, and I love that little timestamp thing too. Richard, we're going to do this again at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and connect with you, find out how you do things at your school, and you already talked about you know, the importance of networking, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, they can email me at rknar, which is R-K-N-A-R, at johnsburg1212.org. Okay. And again, we'll get that uh, information out again at the end of the podcast. We're visiting today with Richard Kennard, Certified Athletic Administrator. We're going to take another break. I know for our regular listeners, that's shocking, but uh, we're coming back with more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, um, state association connections, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just great, and you'll like it too. For the um, information on how to get started with Home Campus yourself, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule a live web demo to see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Of course, we use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies, uh, their products are tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that live web demo today. Sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. 
Richard, one of the things that we try to do with this podcast is share best practices. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot again. What are some things that you do with your program at Johnsburg or even maybe some of your other programs that you haven't implemented yet that you're particularly proud of, things that you would call best practices? Well, I think besides uh, the, the handbook situation is, is I, I like to uh, communicate with everybody and I always tell them I'm going to over communicate to you. It's always good to over communicate to parents. Uh, I talk to them and my biggest thing I tell them is lack of communication will create issues because now they have to perceive what they think is, is there. Uh, and so I always tell them that's the one thing that you want to communicate. But with that is when you're deciding to do something, you have to think, is this best for our student athletes? And two things can happen with that. Number one, is it best? And if it is, and it takes more work, we'll do the work. If it is, and we can streamline something to make it a little bit uh, um, less difficult for them, but better for the kids, we'll, we will do that. So in doing that, we've created uh, like a, a folder. I tell them I'm sending you things out. So it'll be a file folder. And, and my, my, the best practice with that is, is, is I have several forms that I now um, incorporate for everyone. We have a facility calendar we, uh, with that. We also have a important athletic dates, which is a parent wants to see it. It's on our website. It's got when the first practice is, when the first game is, when senior night, when's the uh, parent meeting, all those things on one document that a parent can go to. So now they're communicated with and we do it on a yearly basis. And uh, the facility calendar is the old adage of, oh, it's raining outside, everyone's got to come inside, who does what? Well, that's already taken care of. We already have that. And then I think the, the best thing that I did started at Moline and I took it over here is in our hallway right outside my office is I have a 65 inch TV and on it, it has half screen is our facility calendar for the week. And the other half of the screen is the events for the week. And so with that, that's communication. That's people that are walking around can see it. The custodians can see it. When do they have to clean up for it? And those two information pieces, I think, helps communicate to the entire community and everyone else and, and avoids a lot of uh, issues that coaches might have. And it's just getting them to remember to do that. And after a year or so, it becomes like second nature for them. And then they're in March they're saying, hey, when are we going to start the facility calendar for next year? And now it's something where parents are now informed more. And, and I think that that has been a big uh, um, best practice for, for me, for sure, that has uh, carried over to our uh, coaches. And it's something I did my last maybe four or five years as a coach where I wish I had done it a long time ago is when parents got upset, it's because they didn't know. Yeah, that, that information... Uh slash communication component is just so important because you know your phone's going to ring and it's going to be that parent you know hey you know i can't find the game time or i can't find the location and, and having that in a central spot uh is so important uh you brought up a, an interesting question you know planning this facilities calendar for next year the schools that i were at um uh, they and again private schools but we would plan that calendar and they used to do it before I got there, uh, like in May. And uh, there would always be conflicts with games and things. So I convinced them 
let's do that calendar planning in February before I start scheduling all of our fall games and winter games. Uh, you put the play where you want to. You put the concert where you want to. I'll schedule around it. Um, what do you do at your school for that uh, challenge? Uh, something similar? Yeah. So what we'll do is is, is I, I do mine uh, right before spring break. And that's usually the last week of March. And then what I'll do is, is I'll contact our band director, our orchestra director, whatever it is, and say, give me the dates. We'll put them in there. Our link crew, we put that stuff in there. And then our coaches, I open it up where they can edit it and they'll go through. They know when practice starts and we have it on the document. And then what we'll do is, is, is my assistant, uh, she'll go through and put all the games in there. So if we have an away game, she does not have anything there for say it's boys basketball and girls basketball. Well, they're both on the road. So anyone that wants the facility at that time can get it because we know they're on the road. And, and so we go through, so it, in the summer, it's pretty much done. And if I'm adding any games, like it's mostly lower level or something like that, I got to go in and make the change. And then what I do by the end of summer is, I, myself and my assistant become the editors and if they want something they can go on there and they can make they can ask me for it because a lot of times if I was letting them do that they'd go there and they could delete someone else and put their name in there whereas now I'm like you see an open spot you can have it, just let me know and then I have a hierarchy of order like I always tell them is in-season varsity sports get first right out of or in-season lower level sports then it's out of season varsity out of season lower level then we have our feeder lower levels and then we have renters and so they get the opportunity to fill the four and then first when we fill it in and then if there's open spots i tell them i said all right now i'm going to talk to you know our feeder kids or uh, any renters so if you haven't put uh, something in there you can't ask for it later saying that you have rights to it this just gives you the right to book it early so that's kind of what uh what we've done and it's worked out it's worked out well for us and, and again you bring up another great point is it's the school slash athletic department's facility, if you will. It's not, you know, the basketball coach's gym and nobody right. can use that gym or the football coach's field. You know, hey, you know, we're going to give you that priority during the season. Absolutely. But, you know, out of season, you know, we've got a couple other programs that right. they might want to use that. Okay. Um, uh, sort of a sidebar. Um coaches meetings uh do you do in-person meetings do you you know send out a a weekly bulletin how do you communicate just general information to your coaches during the year so what i'll do is is we have a we have all uh staff all coaches meeting at the start of the year uh and it usually happens right before the fall season starts and then i have a fall coaches meeting uh this year because it was so close to my all coaches meeting i just sent out an email of the basically the itinerary and i was like if you have any questions on that because i had reviewed it before and then we have a winter head coaches meeting and a spring head coaches meeting and at the end of the year i have a in-person all coaches meeting uh if there's anything else that happens or has information i usually send it via email you know i'm sure you know like when i get our our uh gmails i have groups so if i need an all coaches i click all coaches and it's all 70 of our coaches if i want to do fall head coaches so I have them grouped so I can send emails out. Now I always tell them when I'm sending them documents or something like that, put a canard file in your Google uh, in your uh, uh, Google Drive and then just pop it in there. If you ever have any questions, you can go to that and see because I like to send them a lot of information and, uh, uh, and communication. So those are usually when I do it. And I have an open door policy. Coaches can come in whenever they want. 
uh, call whenever they want. They have my cell phone number. So I just want to be available for them. Oh, no. And again, the, the communication globally to all the coaches, specifically to in-season coaches, you know, great, great idea. Definitely a best practice. For our listeners, once again, we're visiting with Richard Kennard. He's a certified athletic administrator. He's the director of athletics at Johnsburg High School, and that's in Illinois. We're taking another break, but please come back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Hometown staff is going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but things like school plays, uh, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every school is assigned a dedicated client success manager. It's going to provide you hands-on support every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, more customization. Hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's the website, snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. Uh, if you're looking for a fundraiser, stop right here. SnapRaise is hands down the best platform out there. They even have a program where they will give you your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Nobody else does that. But there's a lot more. You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. You can find them all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Richard, you and I were talking during the break, and you mentioned a topic that I think a lot of athletic directors struggle with. There's a lot of different ways to do this, but in the area of, you know, helping coaches get better, helping the coaches help our kids, you had an interesting way of going about that. Can you share that with our listeners? Sure. Um, you know, as a as athletic director, you know, you're, you usually as coach certain sports, uh, mine was basketball. Mostly I'd coach a little baseball and things like that, but a lot of these other sports I didn't. So when I was doing my end of season and like you called it review, I was just like, it was our end of season meeting. And my goal was, you know, what can we, we do to improve and what can the athletic department do to help you in your program as a as a coach and one of the things that i've i've brought out and uh i'm just starting it this year because last year i started a little bit late is i had a practice plan that i i had and i based it on my father's statement of back in the day he, he would always say i coach my calculus class and i teach my basketball team and so i created what was a a lesson plan but i called it a practice plan and i had it for each day and so during a week, at the end of a week, I'd have six practices. It would add up the amount of time I spent on each event, you know, say it was transition defense and basketball or rebounding or uh, half court offense situations, whatever it was. And I could look at that and say, oh, I got to spend more time the next the next week on it. And so when I use that tool, I can talk to someone like a wrestling coach and go, OK, I don't know wrestling like you know wrestling but i do know what a nice a, a good proper practice could be and you can set up this with this tool and at the end of a week you can look and see what you've done and then once matches start 
all of a sudden you can look and say, wow, we are really struggling with whatever move there was or something like this. And then you can look back and go, man, I really didn't spend a lot of time on that. So it's like the reflection piece in, in, uh, in teaching where you look back and go, okay, how did things go? And I really think that that was uh, uh, helpful. It was really helpful to me and it became helpful to uh, um, me as an athletic director to other coaches where I'm saying, okay, so what are practices looking like? You know, like my thing was, is, is I'm a big believer and you shouldn't be going more than two hours. Anything more than two hours becomes counterproductive because kids, you know, the, the studies show kids start losing uh, uh, focus and then they start forgetting the things they did at the start. And as I, I learned, as I went on, uh, is my practices were reduced, but my, my time in between what we were doing is the thing that was uh, reduced also. So I got done what I needed to get done in a short period of time. So that's kind of the conversation we would have when I talked to coaches is how are we going to prepare this better? And then also at the end, it would be, what can we do to make that better for you? But I think that that is a way as evaluating somebody or you know, trying to review someone's season on how can we do this better? What are some of the things that you thought that you struggled with uh, you know, our soccer coach and you'd be like, oh man, we were really struggling defensively or in the box, whatever it was. All right. So with this document, you can review and say, wow, I really need to put more emphasis on this, that, or the other thing. And I know you used huddle and, uh, uh, we use huddle and it's a great tool because I say it to our coaches is you can break these things down and review them. I never had the opportunity to do that back in the day but it's a great tool because you can, it, a lot of times it's a lot better to show someone saying, this is what we're doing, look here, than it is to uh, um, tell someone. And so I think that 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 huddle aspect of it helps with um, with our practice plan or the idea I had with the practice plan where it's, it's, it's maximizing the amount of time that you have and getting done what you wanna have and then being able to reflect on it just like you would if you were a teacher. Yeah. And again, um, you know, this, uh, we're preaching in the choir here, um, as an athletic director, you know, you're, you're always looking for, well, hopefully not always, but you're looking for coaches, great coaches to coach your kids. And it's definitely worth the effort to review, evaluate, provide professional development. So you're not having to replace that coach. And, you know, I think there's, there's nothing harder than finding a coach, you know, coaching them up and helping them get better. Uh, you know, that's a lot easier than trying to pull a coach out of thin air. And this tool that you talked about sounds like a really cool way to do it. And, and again, I think, uh, I thank you for, uh, giving huddle a little bit of shout out. You're absolutely right. That video feedback. That's one of the things that our coaches love. They can turn that camera on in the gym or on the field and, you know, videotape their entire videotape. I'm dating myself, uh, record their, uh, their entire practice and use that as a teaching tool. And as an AD, you can do the same thing. Very cool stuff. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, um, can you, I, I know, again, I'm putting you on the spot here. Can you think of one of those, um, you know, end of season meetings that you had with a coach where you had that data to share with them, not in a gotcha way, but in a, a way to help them out. And they just were amazed that they were spending this much time in one area and, and not as much in another. Uh, any of those moments uh, uh, happen? Well, Moline, when I did it, I had a coach that uh, um, isn't there anymore, but uh, 
they were very good coach and 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 someone I loved working with because all they wanted to do was like, I want to learn, I want to get better every day. What do you want me to do? Things like that. And I brought this up. And so they went through that. And I think in the first week in that conversation I had, I remember them saying to me, is like, I had no idea. I spent no time on this. And I was like, I've covered this and this, and I'm spending so much of my time on this and so much of my time on that. And I know one of the things we've talked about in the summer was, man, we're really not strong at this. And then I can look and say, well, we never work on it. And so that person I thought was, she was great because her thing was, is like, okay, so what can I do for that? What can I add to my practice? What can I reduce? And I always say is, 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 uh, you know, my, my father was big on whatever you do, set a time for it. Say I'm doing a fast break drill in basketball. You have five minutes to do this drill. The drill's over, stop. Even though it's messed up, come back to it later on your, now back in the day, I had my piece of paper and I'd write, document a note, man, fast break, the outlets were too low. And then I put it down and I come back to the next day of it because I found myself early on is spending more and more time on it. And all of a sudden I'm neglecting other things. And, and you have to have that patience because eventually you cover the time. And that's why this tool was big because I can look and go, you know, I spent five minutes. I want to spend more time on it, but I got 25 minutes out of it in five practices. And I still was able to do this, this, and this. And, and that, that kind of uh, regulated me. So it kept me regulated. So when I, I did that, some of the coaches use it. Some of them didn't. Um, I, I'll be trying that with the coaches here. Some of them use it, some of them don't, but it's just a tool that I know works because it's, explaining what a a practice looks like and what you can do within a certain amount of time. I don't ever try to teach the technique of uh, a track coach working on pole vault. I don't, we don't discuss that. We can discuss how much time we spend on that or whatever else it is, but it's not a discussion about their expertise. Mine is just more, how can I help, you know, streamline practice or make practice more effective or if they have questions like that. So that's why, that's one of the things that I always, uh, think about. Yeah, you you made me think of a incident uh, we required, encouraged, but it was a requirement. Our coaches, you have to have a written practice plan. You know, I I want to be able to see it if I come to your practice because I was in and out of the gym, on the fields, et cetera. And I had a JV basketball coach, great coach. I walked in the gym one day, and I'm just watching practice, and he keeps looking at his phone, and I'm going, you know, what's going on here? This guy's always on his phone. So he had let the kids take a water break, and I walked over and I said, hey, coach. Uh, you know, you got your practice plan and he holds up his phone. It's on his stinking cell phone. And it's, yeah. it's how old I am. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for that written uh, practice plan, but it's a great use of technology. It's right there. And, uh, and he had a folder on his phone that he kept them all in. So uh, very cool stuff. Yeah. Richard, this has been really cool spending some time with you. Uh, I think I'd enjoy being a coach on your staff, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox we're going to take our final break here from athletic surveys and when we come back we're going to find out what richard canar is going to put into his new athletic director toolbox please stay with us we want to say thanks to athletic surveys for their support of the podcast and sponsoring the ad toolbox segment athletic surveys are a quick easy and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to Take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. 
Um, athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create that custom survey for you and your program. It's going to help you take your athletic program from good to great. Go to athleticsurveys.com to find out more. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting with Richard Kanar, a certified athletic administrator, longtime coach, uh, certainly knows his way around the world of athletics. But right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, and I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. So, Richard, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Well, I think for a guy my age, the number one thing I put in there is the use of technology and the advantage that you can get from using technology like you and I talked about with my athletic handbook that's a you know a, a word document that we can that we can use and things like that also our my uh, uh, practice plan that is something that's also uh, um, an online tool that you can use that 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 technology helps aid and improve uh, coaching. Uh, I think the next thing is, is, is handling of parents. I, I try to talk to coaches all the time. I'm open to talking to coaches all the time. And my biggest thing on that is you can't take it personal. They're coming to talk to the athletic director. They're not coming to talk to Dick Kinnar. They're, they're, they're going to talk to their coach. It doesn't matter if it was John Jones or whoever else it was. And so dealing with that and uh, and being informational and not emotional is is kind of like my little catchphrase. And then and then the other thing I think is working with with the community. The high school generally, Johnsburg and Johnsburg, Illinois, is the the center of the community. Every parents, kids go through here, they go through the elementary, middle and high school and uh, making sure that they're also involved in it and uh, um, that there's a historical side to it. Everybody has the story. Uh, so Johnsburg High School, I think, started in the, uh, the mid-70s. And, you know, when I came from Moline, and that started in the 1800s. So there's always a story and something different about it. And I think that in the three things I talked about, uh knowing about the history of you're dealing with a parent knowing about the kid that you're that you're dealing with the parent about in a situation to the best of your ability working with the community and knowing uh about what the community is like and what they they look for and then in technology is you know let's face it everyone's passed me by i have a a nephew that when he was nine was showing me how to do things. And so I try to use the coaches that I have or people that can help me that are technologically advanced that can help with that. And uh, I'm not afraid to say that I am not as good at certain things. So I'm always willing to, to help. But those are three, I think, tools that I 
preach to people all the time. And it's hard. I mean, when you're handling uh, a situation or you're working with the community, not to take things personal. And, and, and I always say that, and, and to go with that is uh, hosting. And I know that that's something is, hey, we went to so-and-so school and they didn't provide us a locker room and I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And I always tell people, when we host, we are going to do, we are going to be the best host possible. I'm not, I don't care what they did at their place or something like that. It's like, when I have people to my house, I'm going to host and I'm going to do the best I can to be a gracious and good host. And I want our coaches to understand that too. I don't worry about other schools and how they host events. And so therefore, and I'm sure you've experienced it where I'm just like, I don't care that they don't supply this or they did that, or it's hot in here or whatever it is, is we're, your job is to get the team prepared, get out on the field and play. My job is to make sure that I'm the best host for this team, the visiting team, the visiting team's parents, our community, the officials, the workers, things like that. So I know it's four, but those are those are things I I I would love to talk about and think are extremely important for new ADs or ADs that are learning. I'm in my 18th year as an AD, and I always say I want to learn something new next year, at least one thing and more. Great. No, I I don't mind the four, and I, I not only love the tools, but I love the application, the way you explained how that particular tool gets used in your environment. Very, very good stuff. Richard, again, this has just been great. Um, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, find out a little bit more, and listeners, I think you got a great resource here. What's the best way they can get a hold of you? Uh, they can email or they can uh, call. My email is rkanar at johnsburg12.org, so rkanar at johnsburg12.org, or they can call my uh, um, office. Uh, it's area code 815-900-3198. I, I love talking athletics. It's my, uh, I, I'm married, all my kids are grown and my social life is going to high school events. So I love talking to people about things and making things better because my number one overall goal is I want our student athletes to have a great experience. So I love talking about it. Uh, well, I, I can just feel the enthusiasm coming through here on the Zoom. Uh, I, I think I already mentioned, I, I, I know I'd enjoy being a coach for you. Let's see if we can connect at the NADC in Orlando uh, in December when you come down to my state. Okay? You got it. For our listeners, uh, we do this just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, we appreciate you listening. Come back next time for more best practices on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.